0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Azerbaijan Grand Prix Edition. I told Katie to start doing that drinking motion uh, when uh, when I did the intro because it was, product it was placement. A, it was a proper like, Oh hi, I didn't see you there. Oh, hi just
1: <laughs> drinking from my WTF1 mug. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. How, how is it? How, how does the drink taste? Just a little bit better? Doesn't matter. Let's let's talk about Baku. We've got Tommy, the WTF1 founder, and Katie, our product placement WTF1 editor. And uh, we are very excited to bring you this podcast. Where I thought this was going to be a bit of a boring one. I genuinely thought, sort of midway through the race, as I said in Internet's best reactions, that it's, it was a bit, it was a bit of a tame Baku and a bit of entertainment, wasn't it, Baku? Uh, and then it just all kicked off at the end. But of course, we will get to that three-word race reviews. Actually, before then. Big shout-out to our team WTF1 members watching this podcast live. Saw five minutes of just bants before we went live, so you've missed out on some serious... No, it was just us setting up. But fine, it's live. They're they're enjoying it. Three-word race reviews. Here we go, then. Giuseppe underscore Olivotti. Seb is back. Joel one Coulon. Pirelli messed up. And Matthew X, well done, Baku. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd go with... Yeah. I mean, Seb is back. I think, you know, we'll talk about his amazing performance. I don't want to, you know, jump straight on the absolute, you know, conductor of the Sebastian Vettel hype train now that he's had one great result. But at the same time, it was very, very good. And, uh, and he really did perform, didn't he, guys? So I'm sure we will talk about that. But uh, overall, those three word race reviews summed it up quite nicely. And Baku did well, did well again, didn't it? Well done, Baku. It was,
2: yeah, it delivered again. We, last year's wasn't great, but 2018 and 2017 was crazy. And it looked like it was going to be a fairly normal race. Like you say, it wouldn't have been the worst race if it had just ended uh, with the Stappen winning. But. Oh, yeah, be, no, not for you anyway. Well, you, you know, wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had that crazy back <laughs> excitement. And then everything just went crazy. And to be honest, I can't even believe that they decided to just have a two lap sprint race <laughs> at the end, which was rather wild.
1: It was amazing. I mean, you said that last year's race. Obviously, we didn't have an Azerbaijan Grand Prix last uh, year because of COVID. <laughs> yes, I'm going to correct you there. Um, but no, I know exactly the points you're making. I think we got to the point where the very first Azerbaijan Grand Prix or the European Grand Prix as it was known in 2016 was a little bit of a snooze fest and it was new on the calendar and lots of fans Weren't sure, didn't think it was a great addition. And then we had 2017, 2018, that were absolutely bonkers races. 2019 was a little bit of much the same as 2016, but 2021, what a race. That was amazing. And I'm so glad somebody put well done Baku as their three word race review, because we couldn't
0: not. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I want to challenge that, Katie, slightly. I, I wouldn't say what a race. I, I still don't think it was a great race. There was just so much drama and jeopardy that caused a lot of headlines and, you know, tyre failures and stuff. I wouldn't, I would argue that it wasn't a great actual race, but the storylines coming out of it were were quite, quite enormous. Uh, do you want to bounce back on that, Katie? Or, you know, I, I don't want to just no. cut you off. Uh, any, no, no, any
1: no it's fine. Like I think that? the first half of the, of the race was a bit, mm, not boring, but, you know, processional. Um, and then after Lance Stroll had his tyre failure, it sort of all went off from there. But yeah, I suppose you could argue that the race itself wasn't, brilliant but there was still a great mix of strategy calls and lots of overtaking battles which is something that we haven't seen through some of the races this year so i might stick with it
0: yeah it's not it's not a 2016 2019 vibe definitely not but uh, i don't think it's either the 17 or 18 of of how good they were but it's you know somewhere in the middle um and and as I i said as i said in internet's best reactions i feel like our expectations are just slowly creeping up as fans now and we're expecting bangers every single week and uh, we, we won't get them. It's just not, not going to be the case, is it? But yeah, there were a lot of overtakes. And Baku, just that straight is just gorgeous. I love it. It's so long. And it's just, for some reason, you'd think that with it being such an enormously long straight, that the moves would be done really quickly. But it seems as though they kind of lose a bit of time, don't they, in the last couple of corners. And then it's almost a perfect amount of length, that straight, to allow for some pretty decent fighting into turn one. Wouldn't you agree, Tommy?
2: Yeah, they need it because, like you say, the... The two 90 ninety-degree turns definitely doesn't help in the the castle section and or the the twisty stuff that separates the cars normally. But then, let's like, say you've got that massive straight. Yeah, it was a great finish as opposed to a great race, and a, a, even just a dramatic
0: finish. It, yeah. You can't you can't get any more dramatic than that, really. Netflix is wetting their taste buds. Tommy, three word race review. So similar
2: to what we've just been discussing, really. Mine is an emotional roller coaster. And this is about not just the, the championship fight, but also mainly the championship fight. <laughs> um, as we know, despite you know being called uh, a Hamilton fanboy on Twitter, I am a Verstappen fanboy. Um, cool. Yeah, but yeah, the end of the race was just absolutely wild. Um, when Verstappen's tyre went, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't <laughs> absolutely gutted. Uh, and fuming because yeah it, it really did feel like I think we've mentioned it a few times on this podcast that well one Hamilton never DNFs his last failure was 2018 in Austria which is ridiculous um and we did say that you know we don't want this title to be decided by a DNF or a failure um so when Verstappen's tyre went, of all the people whose tyres could have gone when it was on, it had to be, you know, the guy leading the championship was going to win the race, pull out a bit more of a lead. And you just thought, oh, my God, like, that could that could literally be the title-defining moment. But then it changed again with Hamilton. And there were so many stories throughout that race. And you had, like, oh, Verstappen's out, but now Vettel's on the podium. And then it's like, oh, well... Perez could win this now oh no hamilton's gonna win it now oh no hamilton's off it just yeah all the all the action just was condensed into those crazy last five laps and i i'm amazed that they actually went on and just thought yeah let's have a showdown why not two lap sprint
0: yeah i I guess a lot of the time we well the, the times that they would stop it is when the length of the race you know, they've got too far into the day and there's, you know, there's fading light or yeah. the conditions are adverse. We don't usually see. Yeah. I, I can't think of one Is where that... they've red flagged it and gone. Nah, CBA, you know, there's a few laps left, but you know, it's, it's dry. It's light. There was no reason not to. And I guess Michael Massey has that option, doesn't he? To choose whether or not to continue the race, how to, how to continue the race and fair play. Like, you know, they had to red flag the race and I think I'm glad They did it that way. I think a lot of Max Verstappen fans would have preferred it if they'd count back and given him the win. I I still
2: don't know what would have happened with that, because technically, if it was a red flag, it counts back. And then that would have been very farcical if Verstappen had won, despite being the one that caused the red flag. So, yeah,
0: there are a lot of decisions to make there uh, for sure. And I think they went for the right thing. And uh, especially because, well, Lewis Hamilton made the mistake, and <laughs> and then it kind of equalized the the championship a little bit uh, in terms of nothing happening uh, between the top two, which is crazy to think that Hambock, none of them scored points. I mean, Valtteri Bottas, I will have a go at you very shortly, my friend. So you might want to turn off uh, your your podcast um, device. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think it was it was certainly an emotional roller coaster. I completely agree, and it was just. As you say, it just felt like Max had just almost lost the championship there and then with such bad luck. I think they did actually say, wasn't it? His team Engineer came on the radio a lot earlier in the race, obviously when he was on the hard tires, saying his left rear was the one that was getting a little bit hot. I feel like they've said something about the, you know, reduced yeah, the slip and, and things like that. So there were like little elements. I know that Red Bull said there was no warning of the actual failure, but clearly that for some reason that left rear was getting a bit more strain than others which they wouldn't really have expected but yeah uh, interesting stuff and I'm glad it ended that way because we continue on to France with nothing really changed
1: it's uh, it's going to be Um, hopefully more levelling of the standings by obviously having Verstappen and Hamilton not scoring points. I'll be honest, when, well, obviously, when Verstappen crashed, I was absolutely raging. I was so angry at Pirelli and the fact that they had taken away what could have been a well deserved victory for Verstappen. Obviously, he started in third and he fought his way up. Obviously, Hamilton's pit stop being a bit slower um, did hinder his race a little bit, but it looked to just be a well-earned victory another one in the bank makes things more exciting so for that to then just be taken away from underneath his feet I'm sure everyone was super angry unless you're a massive Hamilton fan then you're probably quite happy but (laughs) um, in terms of actually continuing with a two-lap sprint race at first I was quite skeptical whether that was because um, I just wanted Checo to get the victory because I felt like I wanted at least Red Bull to have some good story from this weekend, um, and also it just seemed very uh, like a quite a sudden decision just to be like, okay, we're going to red flag it, and then we'll just go racing again for the two laps, but. I after watching that two lap showdown, I completely changed my mind. So I'm glad that they decided to do it. And wow, what a final two laps. It makes me not like mega excited for sprint qualifying. I'm still interested to see how it goes. But after seeing that, and obviously, we've had lots of discussions on this podcast about how nobody's going to risk anything and all this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, Fernando Alonso is looking like he's going to be the sprint qualifying king with the uh, four places he took in the two laps there. So. Yeah, Was um, it four
0: places? Oh, 10th yeah. to 6th. There was so much carnage, you didn't even really it's see the, that, did you? It's, the, it's actually the shortest
2: kind of sprint finish we've ever had after a red flag uh, in F1 history. So um, it's very rare that they would, like you say, red flag it and then two laps to go, not just say, that's it. That's there's it, no yeah. Point. That's even, with it, the, even with the light. But I do think there's definitely something nowadays that, um, we've seen it in NASCAR and I, f- I feel like formula one is definitely going the same way where they want to put on a finish because you know, it's, it is, that that's just, that it is very much a show nowadays.
0: It's, a, it's very Americanized, isn't it? In some ways, you know, having that sort of thing. I think if, you know, as you say, if it was back in the day, they would have just, you know, shut it off and it would have been game I mean, over so, well done, yeah. Perez. Um, so I, I don't mind it because obviously it comes out with you know, loads of storylines and it feels better for a driver to actually win the race rather than it being canceled. It's like, you know, it's like a football match stopping at 87 minutes because someone gets injured or something like that's a very terrible example, but you know, it, it, it doesn't feel the same. You don't hear the final whistle. You don't see that, that crescendo of of everything going on. So I, I was a fan of it, to be honest, because uh, it kind of throws up that uncertainty that, that we all know and love. So. Question from underscore Scott Elder: The fight for the drivers' championship has been so close. Verstappen's tyre failure and Hamilton's lockup cost them both so much potential point swing. Could we be looking back at Baku at the end of the year saying that's where he lost the title? I think we can only realistically look back at Baku and say that someone lost the title, as if Hamilton doesn't win the title because Max could have done nothing. You know, there was no there was no warning. He didn't, as far as we know, he didn't drive to a certain you know he didn't overdrive and make his tyre blow up. That was just complete bad luck. Hamilton, on the other hand, you have to argue that as much as Toto doesn't want to call it a mistake, he turned on a switch to turn off his brakes, basically. So, uh, for people that didn't know or haven't seen, it's basically touched a magic button, which uh, basically made him lose. Was it rear brakes and only had front brakes, or was it the other way around? The brakes, uh, like
1: only front brakes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, like so it, it, locks, so it, it puts the, the
0: brake bias all the way to the front. Uh, So he had hardly any rear brakes and essentially that's why he locked up straight away, carried on and obviously lost all the positions there. So for me, that is a mistake as much as it's an accidental thing and you just knock a button and whatever. But at the same time, that's a a very rare mistake from Lewis Hamilton that we don't ever usually see. So for me, Lewis can look back at Baku and say, yeah, that's maybe where I lost the title, but I don't think Max could.
2: No, not now. I definitely think if Hamilton would (laughs) have, yeah, if Hamilton would have gone on, could have even quite easily won the race you know you got an amazing start it was done wasn't it yeah it was fine delivered it if it,
0: if it
2: um it. and yeah i think you'd look back on it. It, it like i said earlier it would have been a shame if it had finished like that even if lewis had come second and it gets to the end of the season and hamilton wins the title by under 20 odd points you'd think oh that tire failure and back it that max had when it was you know he's i think Weber, Weber summed up as well how much he felt for red Bull. that he says you know like red bull did the perfect race they got their cars into one two they did a 1.9 second pit stop with verstappen they got perez over hamilton and the only bit of the car they don't design is mm. the tires and they let them down which that's why i'm sure uh christian Horner will be fuming and actually a bit of a uh, a bit of spice. If anyone saw it, was uh, a the Stafford was replying to everything on Twitter about Pirelli with angry comments, which was quite tasty, <laughs> like a angry dad. It's just like this is unacceptable. <laughs> so yeah, that was quite. Was,
1: uh, what a joke to one of the tweets yeah, that I saw. So yeah, like yeah. you say
2: this all the time, like the social media manager designs the tires and like sorry, um, <laughs> but yeah,
1: it was. Uh... A huge disappointment, as we've already touched upon. But, like you said, if it was the case that Verstappen's tie blew and then that was the thing that decided the championship down the line, then obviously that's massively tough. But with Hamilton's little error, although, like we said, it was an accident and accidents happen, but it can still be pinned down to Hamilton knocking a switch on his steering wheel, um, it now could be that that is what Hamilton has done to decide the title down the line. So yeah, it's um it's very odd to have both of the title protagonists out in one way or another, especially in the same race. So I'm I'm glad that they've both come away with no points. I, I'd much rather it be that it remains the same and we can go into France and there's more of an equal ground for this competition, but Either way, not good press for Pirelli. Um, and unfortunately, we. I mean, we've seen it here in the past with, um, you know, tyres delaminating and stuff like that from running over debris. I mean, Valtteri Bottas lost a win here a few years ago when his tyre just blew up as he was going down the same straight. So it's something that's happened before. And I think Sebastian Vettel said that in the drivers' briefings and stuff before the weekend, it wasn't discussed as a potential um, worry or anything like that. So... Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate. And like Tommy said, this is the one part on the cars that they can't really have much control over is they're given the, the Pirellis as a set and told this is what you can use, you know, race with them. And then that's what cost them a very important victory. So,
0: Yeah, and of course, Pirelli came out and blamed Debris. They didn't say it was anything wrong with the tyre, did they? So uh, obviously that argument, I'm sure, will continue on. Um, you know, there's, there's arguments, I'm sure, from both sides and there's data and you know, things that we don't have access to, but uh, I know that Pirelli haven't exactly been the most forthcoming with uh, other tire failures we've seen. I don't think we've really ever had an explanation from Silverstone 2013, to be honest, as to what happened mm-hmm. there. So obviously there's lots of conversations that happen behind closed doors and we don't hear everything that's that's spoken about, but you know, it's just not good enough to see things like that happen. You know, you can't have tire failures with no warning unless there's literally a knife in the tire then fair enough but clearly there was no warning for for Red Bull and you know they were saying that Hamilton had a cut in his tire didn't they and Mm. but then they don't know where that was picked up do they and Hamilton did run wide at turn one so maybe he got his cutting his tyre completely offline which is fair enough I don't know but yeah
1: something that's quite different with Baku as well being a street circuit and you guys have been to Baku so you'll be able to talk about it more but the fact that it's literally located in the middle of a city centre and there are trees that often you know cover the outside of the track and I'm going to mention Formula E but in Formula E that's a quite common thing and we've had it before where they've literally just chopped down entire trees which doesn't sound too good for the environment for a championship is all electric but they've literally just like de-leaved these trees because they just throw so much debris whether that's like little branches or twigs wasn't there a branch
2: branch right at the start of the race that Verstappen and Leclerc had to avoid um run over the curb so yeah yeah they'll do their best
1: to try and clear it up with like the little road road machines and stuff but um (laughs) there's only so much that you can do during the middle of an actual Grand Prix
0: yeah well yeah I guess there is a chance that it was debris, but I guess the thing is they didn't they don't, there's no evidence to support either there was or there wasn't. Of course, mm-hmm. there were moments in the weekend where there was debris on the circuit, uh, but at the same time, usually debris, from my understanding is that would cause a puncture that at least you'd be able to see it on the data, and that's the problem with, with Rebel mm-hmm. saying that you know there, there wasn't any of that. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, Manscaped." Father's Day is just around the corner and nothing says I love you, dad, more than a world class trimmer. You heard that right. The Lawn Mower 3.0 from Manscaped is the best body hair trimmer on the market. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels and you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and just launched their performance package, which is the perfect gift for your dad this upcoming Father's Day. Well, One of the things included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. So what are you waiting for? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WTF1. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Uh, There's a question from Team WTF1 member Frederick Jessen isn't now the time to introduce mandatory two pit stops for every race. When looking back at this weekend, it will take the danger away from going too far on the tires and introduce another element to each races. Another way would be for Pirelli to make a limit of how far the teams can go on each tire component, but just feel that it would, it would Pirelli doing the strategies. Then <laughs> I guess B is somewhere in that sentence, uh, but it just feel like Pirelli will be doing the strategies then. Yeah. I, I'm not a massive fan of having it being mandatory as such, because it's almost forced entertainment in some ways and kind of limits creativity from some teams that might want to push a one-stop in a very obvious two pit stop race and things like that. So mandatory one-stop, fine. You know, you have to do that in dry conditions and go onto a different tyre compound. Two pit stops, I think, is a little bit forced. They need to focus on making sure the tyres are safe (laughs) rather than having this, in my opinion
2: yeah yeah definitely it's a scary I mean Stroll's incident was the scariest of the lot because he was a a really sketchy corner and I've never heard a driver on the radio so genuinely scared about being sat in their race car you could hear him saying get me out of it get me out of it like because you know if you've ever broken down on the motorway or something and you stood by stood on the side of the motorway and that you cars are doing 60 miles an hour and it feels ridiculously fast imagine Two hundred miles an hour. Um, you don't want to be sat there. The car's going, you know, so fast past you, and you, you're almost like a blind corner. So it's lucky no one was there, really. Um, as for doing the, the the two stops, I guess the the argument is that you could you could say that Red Bull and and everyone really after Stroll there was a risk we even tweeted about it saying you know will the teams want to change tires now because we've seen Stroll did 30 laps on the hard it was hard wasn't it yeah hard yeah, tires the and they exploded and everyone else had to do more than 30 laps and Verstappen got to 33 laps and they exploded so you, the, the teams will never want to make an extra pit stop will they and then they can just say oh well Pirelli <laughs> for God's sake um so I get it from that side that you know it would it would force teams to not do it, but then then you get to the point where you can't mix up strategy. But then at the same time, if they you know we said it before, we we don't like one stop races. So I personally wouldn't mind it um, because as long as you used every compound of tyre, I think we've mentioned that before to stop there being one stops because that's when the the races are a bit dull. Because the thing with Pirelli is we want two stops, but Pirelli don't want to build tires that are going to explode like they used to mm. because it's horrendously bad press, like what happened in 2013 and 2012 and everyone complaining about the tires. So um, I guess that would be a decent solution where we can get better racing, more pit stops, but then it's it's the the always the debate of, is it too artificial or whatever? But personally, I wouldn't mind it.
1: Yeah, I think we've got to be careful or well, Formula One and Pirelli have got to be careful that we don't just have so many sets of rules that, like you say, things just become almost forced and unartificial um, by having two pit stops. Yes, it could spice up strategy, but there are already so many rules revolving the tires, like the qualifying rule and stuff like that. And the fact that you have to do a mandatory one pit stop and all that kind of thing that I just worry if we added more, problems and things down the line that it will just get unnecessarily confusing. Um, and at the end of the day, it should just be down to Pirelli to create a tie that's not going to just suddenly explode. So although maybe introducing two stops could spice things up, I think the bottom line, the first like port of call cool needs to be Pirelli to sort their stuff out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well held back there, Kate. we not want to get us demonetized No. Yeah. <laughs> <Stuff. laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree uh, with you, Katie. So uh, Tommy's wrong. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I just like the way you disagreed with him. It was really fun. Um, but yeah, because also then within those rules, you have to make sure then that X tyre goes so long in the race because obviously a two, mandatory two pit stops, but then you'd have to go 20 laps on a set of tyres or whatever. And then it just so many rules get kind of Yeah, it's just it's going to be difficult, I guess, for a casual viewer as well to keep up with you know, pit uh, stint length, sorry, and things like that as well. Um, So, yeah, I think Pirelli, just sort your tyres out, mate. Right, my three-word race review. Big opportunity missed. Now, this, yeah, I guess it's kind of tying in with Tommy's in a little bit, you know, the emotional rollercoaster, the championship. Uh, but it's a huge opportunity for Lewis Hamilton, uh, in my opinion, to have extended the championship lead, championship lead. Of course, he made that mistake. We've spoken about it. Um, But we don't know how this season's going to go. In my head, I feel like Mercedes will... Come good and be faster than Red Bull by the end of the season. But if you look back at the trends of previous years, Red Bull have come strong by the end of the year every single time and then not been quick at the start. So for me, this could be a massive opportunity for Lewis to have actually not secured at least 18 points. He literally said in the pits, it is a marathon, not a sprint. And he was like, turn the brakes off. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And yeeted it straight off the track. So <laughs> yeah, massive opportunity missed. A question from Mr F One Fanboy, my burner. Account. That is you. Your yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. That would be Leclerc fanboy. Uh, why didn't Hamilton be a little less aggressive into turn one when he could have waited for the long straight? I, look, I can under. He's a racer at the end of the day. He's said he's saying he's not going to take any risks in the sense of I'm not going to absolutely dive bomb it at Perez into turn one. But he got an amazing start. Mm. So I can understand why he's going for it. And to be honest, I think I don't think he was being necessarily aggressive and that's not what I'm saying. The opportunity is missed about the, the opportunity missed is the fact that he's pressed a button to turn his brakes off. Like that move is done 99 times out of hundred in Lewis Hamilton's career. Easy peasy. He's got the inside line. He's ahead of Perez. So calling Hamilton aggressive it wasn't, in my opinion, like he was just great off the line, had the move and turned off his brakes. So that's the mistake. That's the opportunity missed for me.
2: Yeah, I agree that the, the, error, like you say, came from the switch and people, I saw a comment that was like, Oh, you can't just accept that Hamilton was at fault. I personally am saying he's at fault because he pressed this switch yeah. that he wasn't meant to, it's, it's an accident? Whether, whether it's an accident, um, yeah. it's still a massive mistake. Uh, And it's caused a huge error that, like you say, it looks like Red Bull, uh, well, especially back here, there's absolutely no doubt, look at what Bartas was doing, we'll go into it later, that Red Bull and where Perez ended up and ended up winning, that Red Bull was the best package easily. And yes, we've had Mercedes where it looks like they're better at a maybe more normal track, like uh, your Spains and your Portimaus or whatever, but that was... Red Bull's race to win, and then Hamilton somehow found himself looking like he could get an, a minimum eighteen-point championship swing on Max Verstappen on a track. See the tears in your eyes. Where they were, <laughs> <laughs> where they were eleventh in FP two or whatever, and Verstappen should have easily won the race. So, yeah, um, it's a massive error. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was overly aggressive because, like you say, he got the start. He was already at the inside because he got an amazing start, and he's not going to then back out and just slow down because he's just he just hit the brakes at a normal time that he could have braked, but he didn't have any brakes because he pressed that wrong switch.
1: The more I think about it, the more I'm just literally still gobsmacked that that. Yeah, I can't
2: believe it happened. Like, Like, it's genuinely
1: like still feels like a dream, like pinch me kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, even if Hamilton hadn't done that like good start and past Perez and you know would have gone on to win even if he finished second he would have been 14 points ahead of Verstappen and 21 points ahead if he had won so it's it's a difficult one and like I am concerned at the way that Toto Wolf addressed this whole thing because at the end of the day in black and white Hamilton flicked a switch He changed his break balance, and as a result, he went off in turn one. Like, he was very humble afterwards. He said it was a humbling experience, and he, you know, was really sorry, apologized to all the boys and girls at the factory and that worked for the team around the world, and he handled the whole thing pretty gracefully, which, to be fair of Hamilton, sometimes he has the, you know, he can badmouth the team, like we saw in Monaco, for example. It's very rare, but it can happen. So I thought, well done, you've taken it with a pinch of salt and that kind of stuff. And then Toto Wolf, when talking about it, he was very adamant that, no, this wasn't a mistake. You can't call this a mistake, all this kind of thing. If you then compare how <laughs> Toto Wolf was about Valtteri Bottas in Monaco, saying that Valtteri was partly to blame because he didn't pull into his pit box enough and all this kind of stuff. And, oh God, it just, it's so, and I don't want to be one of these people that's like stirring the pot and, you know, like- oh, no, ooh, away. Click baiting and all this kind of stuff. Stir like, away. It, it's coming across at Mercedes as being so toxic at the moment. And especially with Toto, you know, he's slagging off Christian Horner in the media and calling him a windbag, And it's the whole atmosphere at Mercedes is just so uncharacteristic. And I think that, that I wouldn't be surprised if like that's a small part to play as to why we're watching them really struggle obviously they had a shocker in Monaco they've had a shocker in Baku even worse we thought Monaco couldn't get worse and then we turned up here and it's just it's very unusual and I can't even remember what the original question was about (laughs) I've just gone off on one Just,
2: uh, just keep staring
1: yeah I'm just oh dear but um yeah I think Hamilton should have gone for it I've just seen the question he he was aggressive enough and it's the whole thing of like if you're a racing driver and you don't go for a gap that doesn't exist doesn't make you a racing driver whatever the quote is or something like that um so I think Hamilton was absolutely fine with his standing start but it's just unfortunate that he knocked the switch whether they'll somehow change it so it doesn't happen again or whether it's just like a case he's got to keep that in the back of his mind so he doesn't do it again I don't know but very weird
0: yeah because i actually watched an onboard of him coming off the line he had his hand in a very odd position like he had his left hand there and his right hand over like the steering wheels clearly changing something <laughs> and obviously he's pressed the wrong button and you know windows xp is closed down so <laughs> like it, it's just um yeah it's not aggression i think uh going back to your point about H- hamilton being hum- humble i mean if he had turned around and started blaming the team uh, that wouldn't have gone down well with anyone uh, mm. because it was yeah. literally his mistake. <laughs> like That is literally in the dictionary. That is what it is. It will say, the example will be Lewis Hamilton pressed the wrong switch under mistake. If you look it up in the Oxford dictionary, honestly. It goes, uh,
2: it goes back to the, the famous guy that said, uh, is Formula One driving today too complicated <laughs> with tummy, tummy, or tummy, buttons tummy, on the tummy. wheel?
0: So <laughs> I've li- I, li- I haven't told you this, but the video we're putting out live today which is all about um that that what happened i have i've put some little nuggets in, oh, good. in the script good. so uh, you'll enjoy that one
2: uh, team WTF one exclusive that maybe. yeah
0: and also probably <laughs> podcast exclusive depending on when this goes out <laughs> the anyway moving on uh ronan hugh knew Lewis seems to be making more and more mistakes this season. <laughs> do you think this is because of the added pressure from Verstappen or is it that he always has always been like this? It's just that we notice them more with a close championship battle. Yeah. I think Lewis is a a, a bit of a hothead. Like it's been very easy for him, you know, in years gone by. And to be honest, you know, anyone's going to be hotheaded when they come out of an F1 cockpit and been going 200 miles now for 70 laps. Well, not quite. They do, they do break, but I think, yeah, Lewis is, obviously got used to winning a lot, winning every championship. And he, he wasn't exactly perfect against Rosberg either. Of course he did have some uh, mechanical problems, which cost him the championship that year, but I don't think really he's, he's, he's not really used to having a, a especially a fight against another team. Mm. And that's, that's something completely new to him. And let's not forget, he's getting older as well. Like he has experience, he's wise, but the things like the the mistake in Imola, for example, is the one that stands out for me as a mistake that he probably wouldn't be making if he was battling Bottas for the championship, because he wouldn't have that urgency. I don't think, you know, you can't track, you can, you can track your teammates progress quite a lot because you know what car you're going to be driving. But when you're, you're racing against another team, you don't know if Red Bull are going to be quick in the next race or if Mercedes are going to be horrendous or whatever. So, I'm not expecting to see a lot of Lewis mistakes because they're not enormous. Like the Imola one was just going onto a slight bit of a wet patch. And this one was accidentally turning off a switch. Mm. It's not like he's piling into the back of somebody. But at the same time, I think it's going to be refreshing. And I think Lewis is going to have to almost relearn some things about actually having to fight for a championship. And uh, Max, on the other hand, he, he looks championship ready. Like without a doubt. I know he had a little crash in practice and whatever, but you know, we'll get over <laughs> that. To
1: Tommy Jinks. Yeah. No, but <laughs> genuinely,
0: like he, he was faultless in Baku. I, I can admit this now. Um
2: I'm not I'm not proud of it. Um, but uh on the lap uh Verstappen's puncture happened. I loaded up Photoshop and started making the graphic to say that he'd won the race and how he'd finished first and second, and then, boom, the tie goes. Um, but Yeah, but you're right. Um, It's one of those things where you look at Verstappen, and we've been talking about, I think it was after Portimao, the the mistakes in comparison, really. They're they're such small mistakes, but if Hamilton made a mistake, um, I'm trying to think, so, like, going into the pit lane uh, in... Monza, I know it was a bit of the team and whatever, but realistically, didn't matter. He was always going to win that championship. It doesn't matter. But now these mm-hmm. things are absolutely massive when these little things happen, and to the point where after Portimao, we were analysing the fact that Verstappen runs slightly wide and got a track limit warning deleted, and whether he's kind of bottling the world championship because it really is these fine margins that are going to decide it. Um, but you're right, Verstappen's looked really quick and now it seems like especially in the last two races that Hamilton's the one chasing that car it might might change again like you say Mercedes uh, especially somewhere like Paul Ricard maybe it's the Red Bull that are chasing but Verstappen's (laughs) the one that's finishing yeah exactly it's (laughs) Verstappen's the one that's finishing well he's finished first or second in every race apart from the the tyre explosion and he would have won that Um, and it's crazy to think that if Hamilton hadn't got you know, maybe a bit lucky with the red flag caused by Bottas and Russell and didn't get his lap back, he could be 30 points, 20, 30 points behind in the title by now, which is crazy it's to think. a wet think.
0: dream, isn't it? No, <laughs> I, no, I want it to be close. <laughs> yeah, you want it to be close, but I know who you want to come out on top. <laughs> to be honest, I'll support Max. We need to keep Schumer's record intact. Carry on. So
1: I think all of this kind of stems back to 2016 and the fact that Nico Rosberg won the championship that year I know that there were you know issues with Hamilton's side of the garage and it, it might not have been what some people decide as like a fair equal fight to the finish but at the end of the day Nico Rosberg won that championship and I wouldn't be surprised if that knocked the wind out of Hamilton's sails quite a bit obviously Rosberg made his life a lot easier because he retired and said I'm done and they had to bring in Valtteri Bottas as a replacement. As much as I like Valtteri Bottas and he is a good driver I'm not going to sit here and say he's terrible he should need f one like anything like that like Valtteri Bottas is a good solid driver he has days where he's absolutely on it and although not the same level as Lewis Hamilton like he's a reliable set of hands which is why he's still there but for the longest time, well, since 2017, Lewis Hamilton has known that he has a teammate who isn't going to challenge him for a championship. Like, that's a fact. Like, I don't think Bottas... Well, I say it's a fact, I think. But Bottas would never be able to challenge Hamilton for a championship. That's my opinion. Maybe that's not a fact, but I'm sure most people Watch agree Watch Bottas with
0: that. win the championship next year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think he'll be with Mr. next year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so then he's maybe got a little bit comfortable who knows and then for Max Verstappen who we've all said I think Hamilton and Max are the two greatest guys in Formula One at the moment and perhaps there's a little bit of me that thinks Max is that better driver whether that's the youth and the aggressiveness that he's got compared although Hamilton's got experience and wisdom as you said Max is just that little bit more aggressive he's got more like he's willing to risk more and all that kind of stuff And finally, he has a Red Bull underneath him that is going to give him that championship opportunity, which he's not had before. And he's going to take it with every part of him that he can, you know, to take this championship. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton is quaking in his Tommy Hilfiger boots or whatever they are. And, you know, (laughs) he's he's thinking, oh, well. Yeah, now I actually do have a bit of competition coming my way. And like you say, these tiny little errors, which normally, if it was somebody further down the grid making them, probably wouldn't even be picked up. But because it's Hamilton and Verstappen, all eyes are on them. And these little errors are going to be what defines the championship when we get to Abu Dhabi in December or whenever it is. feel
2: like we're going to have this conversation after every mistake, whether it be <laughs> Hamilton or Verstappen. It'd be like, oh... Is Verstappen the bottle job? Is Hamilton the bottle job? Like, it's, it's going to change Price is gonna the season? Sail you know we've had these races where it's like, how is Hamilton winning in
0: this car, and
2: and then and Max is like blowing it, and then now it's completely flipped the other way. And it, my God, it's good for the championship, isn't it? It's going to be. It. Gonna
0: and be it's good, good for content. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Lewis has said to the media before that he relishes the competition. Uh, now he's got it. Let's see if he actually does uh, relish in it. And he, I also think I saw a feature on was it Sky where Hamilton's been quite open with the fact that he's been battling some demons as well, right? and you know mentally and and things like that he's been struggling. So you know those sorts of things can carry over to to driving. So. Uh, you know, you have to be of a perfect mindset to really get the the most out of your car. So, you know, perhaps there's some struggles there as well, which um, obviously Lewis will only know fully. We interrupt this wtf on podcast for a very quick chat about our final sponsor for this episode, Beer 52. I think we can all agree that we are owed a good summer this year. 2020 was a write-off, but 2021 has optimism and opportunity and, fingers crossed, a gorgeous summer spent with friends, family and frothy beer. In this spirit of cautious optimism, our friends at Beer52 are offering a free case of craft beer, specifically curated with those balmy summer evenings in mind. Their Summer Hits case will feature beer from some of the best small batch breweries in the world, All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover the £5.95 postage and they'll deliver eight delicious craft beers to you. Not only that, but if you order before July the 13th, you'll get two extra beers totally free. Remember that you have to be over 18 to buy. Every month, Beer52 visit a different country and carefully curate a case to be sent to their lucky members. If you don't like dark beer, you can choose the light option. It's easy. Each case also comes with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment, as well as a tasty snack to enjoy with your beer. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. Just go to beer52.com forward slash WTF1 to claim your free case of eight craft beers. Don't forget to claim by July the 13th for those two extra free beers. Remember, over 18. Let's get back to the podcast. Right, moving on. Katie, three-word race review.
1: Well, my three-word race review we is go. about Look, Sergio Perez. You can see Perez. the <laughs> smile
0: on your face.
1: I am so happy. So my my that's not my three-word race review, but mine is Curse is Broken, which is relating to the fact that Sergio Perez – won a race for red bull racing Woohoo! um i mean as people who listen to the podcast regularly will know i really like checo i think he's a great driver him going to red bull was like the perfect uh, decision i think and he's kind of proved that because it's the first time a red bull has won that wasn't max verstappen since 2018 monaco which was daniel ricardo And uh, he's kind of put an end to these talks that that second Red Bull seat is a poison chalice. I'm not going to get ahead of myself here and say that, you know, Perez is going to challenge Verstappen for the championship because I think that's not going to be the case. I think he'll just happily settle in for that second place. But I'm just really happy to see someone else winning in that Red Bull because we have had since, you know, we had... um, Gasly in that seat and then we had Alban in that seat and it's just been bad press after bad press and Oh, the team only favours Verstappen, and if you get that seat, you're never going to win a race. And so it's just nice for Checo to have come in after six races. He said in in the media, "It'll take me five races to get used to the car," and then on his sixth race, he won. So I mean, I mean, a little bit helped yeah. by I Verstappen's type you know, of out minor details.
0: The, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, the record books will only say first, won't it, at the end of the day. So um, yeah. Sergio Perez was 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 brilliant this weekend you know the qu- qualifying wasn't ideal you know he started sixth so it wasn't the best in terms of uh, Saturday pace but come Sunday his his race pace and the the moves that he made on that first lap were crucial for him to be able to be right in the mix and just take advantage of anything that goes on and you know mostly put pressure on Hamilton and his pace was right there with Max to be honest maybe a tenth back in in pure pace maybe two you know because obviously max did stretch that gap out and held it quite comfortably but that's all that red bull need is is sergio perez in the mix that's all they've ever needed from from gasly from alban and now from perez they've never asked for them to for for the driver to beat max that's not what they want max is their golden child um but yeah it was so refreshing to see sergio and as you say he asked for five races the sixth race, he was on the pace. I, you know, you can't deny it at all. Uh, I hope it continues and Baku isn't an anomaly. You know, that's something that we'll find out uh, as we move through the season. But it was so promising to see Sergio literally holding back Hamilton and, you know, being on pace with Max. It was awesome.
2: Yeah, the the thing is, not that, not that it's irrelevant in terms of, obviously, him winning is an incredible thing for him. Amazing celebration for the team. But even if he hadn't obviously won, he'd already done everything he needed to do. Um, And it would, we'd be having the same conversation if he'd have finished second yeah. to Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. He is exactly what Red Bull needed. Now, yes, it was a bit of a crazy race, but you know, without going on to like mention like Albon or Gasly, but you know, you had these crazy races last year uh and 2019 where, you thought, all right, it's been absolutely bonkers. Max has won. Both Mercedes are out and the second Red Bull's finishing eighth, ninth, twelfth, fifteenth, whatever. Perez was there in second ahead of Hamilton. We, we've said it so many times. We said it obviously we we're, were critical of him after Spain where Hamilton, he was so far back and messed up his qualifying on a difficult track to overtake that he allowed Hamilton to be able to pit where he won and we said look you need to be Bottas and uh if anything (laughs) they swapped swapped this weekend um uh, uh, but Bottas even worse um but yeah Perez was there even better than doing a Bottas being ahead of Hamilton stopping Hamilton from getting past getting close to Max picking up maximum points you know even let's say even if he hadn't won and Max had finished the race that's what more than what they wanted you could you could say even him finishing third is is an improvement but the fact that he was going to bring a one-two home for the team and then obviously the fact that and I'd even go as far as saying that you know Perez uh, I think Hamilton quite easy for him to say but Perez moving over I know it's such a small little thing but the fact that Perez is there and he's at the front is causing Hamilton to make a mistake I know it's such a reach and a tiny little thing but if he wasn't there and Hamilton's leading into turn one fine he's not pressing that switch and he's fine and he doesn't need to worry about anything um so this is exactly what Red Bull want they need him to basically be causing Hamilton as much grief as possible and it doesn't really matter if he's two tenths off max or whatever
0: Exactly. Uh, it's the uh, dream scenario if uh, if Sergio continues that way. Uh, Phil B82 asks, with Perez finally getting in the mix, can you see him causing problems for Hamilton for the rest of the season while helping Max? Look, if he has the pace that he showed in Baku for the rest of the season... Red Bull will most likely win the Constructors. Bottas is in the mud at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. Um, He needs to pick his game up quite a bit. We'll get onto him shortly. And I think we've pretty much covered Phil's question. Uh, The next one is Didier Lewin. I know it's early, but if Perez keeps performing, do you think Red Bull will keep Perez for 2022? Or do you think they all want someone from their own Red Bull program in that seat? I don't think they give a toss who is in that seat as long as they're winning, to be honest, uh, for want of a better phrase. Um, Perez, you know, if he does well for the rest of the season of course the relationships will build with the team and why would they change it you know they, they wouldn't get rid of him if he's finishing you know second to max every single race or whatever so yeah it, it makes sense if we continue to see the trend of form from Sergio that they'll keep him because they're not gonna they're not gonna go okay Alex you've watched Sergio for a year now come in the come in Let's See what you can do. That's not, that's not, it's yeah, just
2: album a like, Oh, you wanted me to finish second. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. Um, yeah, Sonoda, like, is not ready at all, let's be honest. And oh. Gasly, oh, that's uh, yeah, sorry, was oh. that the
1: hype train oh, just coming kind of in? sorry, oh,
0: you the conductor not gonna let me of go. the hype train slamming on the brakes.
2: Sorry, a McLaren ahead of Red Bull in the championship. That was your one, wasn't it? <laughs> from that podcast, um, yeah, so definitely not ready. Um, Max. Uh, needs someone if Max is going to be a title contender, he needs someone in the second car that can deliver. Gasly, like, like a Red Bull junior, isn't going to do that. Gasly, I think, would be better if he got back in that car, but it's not going to happen for whatever reason. That relationship's broken down there, and I can't see him ever getting back to Red Bull. So, um, I think they're going to keep him 100%, especially unless something horrendously <laughs> goes horrendously wrong. He's already done. Uh, you know, better. He's won, won a race, um, got a podium already. And if he just keeps this up, then uh, yeah, they, they're going to want to keep him as that kind of perfect, solid driver for Max. But I just wonder kind of a bit like what you said about Curse is Broken. Is this finally where the kind of narrative ends of like, oh, the car's only made for Max and no one can possibly drive it? Uh, maybe that's where that kind of ends now because Sergio is now up to speed and shown that you do just need an experienced driver that maybe doesn't need handholding while they can focus on like you say Max the golden child that's gonna hopefully win the title for him
1: yeah I can't see them getting rid of Checo for 2022 which would be famous last words unless he like runs off with Jerry Halliwell or something like that which (laughs) might cause a (laughs) rumble a few feathers but I think going into 2022 with new regs, they're going to want somebody experienced and Checo has that in buckets and he's a proven race winner with the car, which is something that nobody before him um, in terms of and Albon has been able to do. So I think that that will be the smartest option. Um, But Red Bull are very... um, indecisive with their driver choices so who knows
0: <laughs> yeah i would have gone with cutthroat but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, could see
1: matt gallagher in that seat for 2022
0: i would last approximately two corners so, uh, <laughs> don't worry about that one um but yeah as long as sergio continues to show form no reason to, but uh one race win doesn't secure him for 2022 either. So let's put it that way, because, again, he didn't win it on pace either. That was kind of given to him, but he was there or thereabouts. Uh, so Take hopefully <laughs> he continues on that uh, run of form. Okay, speaking of someone who's absolutely not on a run of form, uh, that is Mr. Valtteri Bottas, who, I mean, I think I actually tweeted during the race at one point, what is Bottas doing? Like Because he was doing precisely nothing the entire race i watched an onboard of him i think it was at the start of the race and he looked like zero percent ai on on the formula one game like genuinely he was getting passed left right and center by about three or four cars you see an alpha go flying up his inside and and all kinds of ridiculous stuff and This is where we've said it before in podcasts and it's finally happened. And Valtteri will be the one definitely quaking in whatever boots he's deciding to wear uh, on this fine Monday. Is that now Mercedes are under pressure. Bottas can't be having these shockers. He can't be having a turkey. He can't be having a Baku that we've just seen. He has to be there right with Hamilton. He has to be the one winning if Hamilton's the one turning his brakes off. But the fact that he did not score a point despite Hamilton going off, letting everyone through, all the carnage that we saw, I'm absolutely baffled to look at the race finishing order and that Bottas finished 12th.
2: Yeah. Mick Schumacher finished
0: behind him in a house. Like one place behind him in a house. And And he he didn't didn't have a problem. Even he didn't sound like shocked. He went Bottas in 12th. He was like, okay.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, Immler, I thought was a one-off. We said here that We don't think he gets enough credit when after, you know, finishing P3 and Perez was the one that wasn't stepping up, I guess. But that was appalling. You know, that was a dry race. You can kind of say, okay, Imola, so tricky conditions and Bottas has never been great in them. Same with Turkey, you know, he was like a fidget spinner, wasn't he, in that race? (laughs) Fidget spinner,
1: that's a great way of explaining it.
2: But yeah, he was absolutely awful. Um, And like you say, him just getting past left and right. The the whole weekend, really, you know, he he arrived late. Um Katie's alluded to it a bit as well, like talking about the whole fact that Toto's there almost blaming him after Monaco um for this mistake that he's obviously very annoyed at. Um do know if he's turning up late but it I feel like that whole relationship is getting very sour apparently there was something as well where he wasn't very happy because it was his turn to get the toe in qualifying and he gave it to Hamilton instead so he missed out on that and I think it's just that kind of thing now where maybe maybe it is similar to a album this is just me spitballing but do you think that mercedes like you say mercedes are now almost like what red bull where they're the ones chasing um maybe they're maybe mercedes now are putting all their focus on hamilton and thinking we need to get hamilton to get every single point like max was doing where you know he'd have all the attention on him and he was managing to finish third and second and win races um maybe Bottas is you know the meme where the person's under the sea when they're holding the (laughs) the person up and they're just kind of like we don't care about you anymore but I've completely changed my mind now I'm if he has another race like that I can't and the way the relationship is going it does seem a little bit sour now and I could see this being his last year with them
0: George Russell to Mercedes 2022 is that what you're saying Tommy
2: no, Pierre Gasly, because uh, yeah, they Gasly. tweeted it, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: One nice tweet. They're like, "Oh, he's going." Quite they funny, tweeted.
2: Actually. They tweeted Perez, Aston Martin, and Gasly, and only everyone picked up the <laughs> Gasly tweet and photoshopping him in overalls. Oh, like, oh my it.
0: god. Uh, yeah. Twitter I don't know how it's a free platform. <laughs> uh, quite funny actually in the live chat at the moment for our team WTF1 members. Izzy Hollingsworth uh, brings up that Lando saying on the radio that he was struggling mm-hmm. to get past Bottas because Valtteri was driving so badly. Making oh, mistakes, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Not that. Good. Not Which is, uh, yeah, I mean that's something isn't it? You're, <laughs> the person front of you driving so badly that you can't overtake them. Uh, It almost gives me that Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean, grandma uh, going down the stairs uh, (laughs) vibe. Anyway. It
1: is, uh, it is concerning. I mean, Mark Webber was talking about it on the channel four coverage in the UK. And he was like, if you were, on a plane like that he can basically compare Valtteri Bottas to being like on a plane and all the alarms are going off and you're kind of like nose diving and you basically just want to abort everything um and which I was like well okay Mark, Weber, you, you go off um but yeah it's it's Not good, is it? Like, I I was thinking maybe, you know, he's had some good races. He's finished on the podium three times this year in third. I think that was uh, Bahrain, Portugal, and Spain. And then Monaco was just really unfortunate luck with the um, tyre wheel not coming off. But then Imola was also a shocker. This weekend was a shocker. And we can't be having these conversations about a Mercedes number two driver. It's just not the dumb thing you just shouldn't be happening and it does come across like I said earlier that that whole inter-team relationship is just it's gone off it's out of date it's souring it's just not nice um, and it's really unusual for us to see that as fans because normally it's you know apart from maybe 2016 where you had the Rosberg versus Hamilton other than that it's always you know, paradise and there's never any problems at Mercedes and we always, you know, come out best from every single weekend. And now there are all these things that are popping up and yeah, I I don't think they'll keep Bottas for 2022. I don't know who they'll get in, but I think the big question that lots of people are asking is, is Valtteri actually going to last the season? Which... Yes. Remains to be seen. You think you think they will? Yeah. If he has another, say, like from now until Hungary, he finishes another. Let's say like three races at the points. So you think that he they'll really keep him on?
0: Yeah, you yeah. Do. I I, okay. I don't I don't. Well, I I firstly don't see Bottas having that many more shockers over the season. I feel like it's more of a. It's just in his blood that sometimes he'll have an absolute shocker in in over the course of a season. Um, but at the same time, he also has some great races. You know, when we go to Russia, I'm sure he'll win by three laps. But, you know, that's just that's just Valtteri for you. Um, I I don't see them doing a mid-season swap personally, unless it is absolute sh- absolutely shocking from Bottas. But, you know, I, I don't think they want to do that because it just changes the inner workings of the team. And then that could almost upset the team even more because of, you know, Hamilton and Bottas work so well together that they set the car up so beautifully and oh, it's so harmonious. Um, so... No, I don't see that happening, but who knows? Bottas, he's had an absolute stinker. He needs to he needs to bounce back. What do you think, Tommy?
2: I personally think that he won't get replaced mid-season. Doesn't seem very Mercedes. However, if he has <laughs> two or three more races like that, and the relationship nosedives like the plane Weber was talking about, as much as. This kind of, it seems to be going now from, oh, Valtteri is a great team player. Oh, he's made a mistake in coming into the pit lane. And then now it just seems, I don't know, it's just, there's something not right the whole weekend and people have said that he just seemed very off. Maybe, maybe he knows, maybe he knows he's not there next Mm -hmm. year and that this is the weekend he's been told and he's driving really badly because he's not in the right headspace. You never know. So we'll find out.
0: I mean, that would be pretty stupid for Mercedes to tell your second driver when you're in the heat of a championship, a championship battle, battle yeah. that you're not going to be driving for the team next season because that's only going to affect their, their constructors and drivers championship bid. Right. So yeah. I can't see that they would have done that unless something's really kicked off and, you know, Bottas has slept with someone's wife or something, you know, as, as Katie kind of alluded to running off with Jerry Halliwell or whatever, you know, that sort of stuff. I, yeah, I, I don't quite think that's going to happen but yeah Let, let's see let's let's not jump on the Bottas bashing bandwagon as much as we all are on it right now bonking him that sounded weird um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear you get what I mean um let's see let's see what happens with R3 uh, I'm not writing him off just yet I am writing him off for the championship because he's sick in the driver's standings but he has to do his job uh from here on in uh moving on Has drama there was some uh, interesting uh, shenanigans on the last lap of the race Uh, question from team wtf1 member nileshi rawell would mazapin be penalized for what he did on the final lap against mick lando got penalty points for the red flag instant but there was no endanger- endangerment of any other driver but what mazapin did with that sort of aggressive defending could have ended very badly for mick or would fia just overlook it uh, after watching uh, said on board of Mick Schumacher going, well, in the basically in the slipstream of, of Nikita Mazepin, down the back straight towards the finish line to end the race, uh, Nikita's just jerked right. A Max Verstappen-esque at Spa, really. And yeah, I mean, that's penalty worthy every day of the week, in my opinion, especially with the aggressive, aggressive nature and the late nature of it as well. Mick Schumacher with that reaction, if not, he's mounting the back of... Of of Mazepin at about 180 miles an hour, which is just frightening to even think about that. So, for me, Do you the watch fact-
2: Mazepin's on board as well, or
0: no, I haven't. Uh, yeah,
2: it's
0: just well, why, it's what, what have I missed?
2: Just exact. Well, you you can kind of know what he's done. He's just gone as soon as uh as soon as Mick Mies has gone. Yeah, so it's, it's, it is it is a hundred percent the the Verstappen. Well, as it was f- referred to, uh, the Verstappen move of you just turn the wheel. One aggressive movement to the right, uh, like you say, he's done it, hasn't he? In hope that uh, Mick backs out, but it's so dangerous, especially on a straight like back.
0: Yeah, that's literally the the description of dangerous. And yet, Nicholas Latifi gets penalty points for a complete misunderstanding on on the radio, where he carried on and went past the incident. Of course, that is that can also be deemed as dangerous, and Lando as well, speeding up under red flags. He gets penalty points. Why is that not penalty points? Like that is literally danger. Do they have to crash? Mick yeah. Schumacher literally said, Are they, "Is he trying to kill us?" You know, that's how angry he was. And of course, his very calm engineer came Gary over. Gannon, although he wasn't very calm, old Gary, he was like, "Okay, okay, yeah, affirmative, yeah, copy, copy, yeah, got this, I understand, yeah, please stop talking." Yeah, uh, so clearly yeah. he knew the was about to pop drama. off.
1: So yeah. the FIA have pretty much signed off on Baku, so it won't be given penalty points are investigated like that's that so um and looking as
2: has cleared clearly
1: yeah i think
2: well they've just gone home so they're like yeah done they're it. like
1: oh, yeah, it's getting it's getting late guys we should head off um but no driver has been given penalty points in the last 12 months for dangerous driving of any kind it's only if you cause a collision and even Ridiculous. then that's like two points which it i don't is...
2: understand I, I
1: get where the frustration is coming from especially like latifi who was given the instruction to stay out you know we all had the radio they out, out, out of the, uh, Versa- uh, the Hamilton radio from a few <laughs> months ago. Um, but with that, there are things in place to ensure that the drivers do go through the pit lane. Um, the boards that are on the side of the track will have said so. Um, so it's not just down to Latifi's team radio to tell him, mate, come in through the pit lane or whatever. So there are reasons why he's given a harsh penalty. Same for Lando Norris. You know, you could argue that he was in the pit lane lane um and then decided last minute that that wasn't the right thing to do and moved out so penalty points are a really weird one um I'll be honest like I'm the first one to hold my hands up and say like I don't quite get why some things that I think are a team failure like Latifi's team radio I think that deserves to be a fine for the team but they're had that penalty points but then something like dangerous driving is just like oh sorry we didn't see well, that
2: <laughs> I'm looking at your fantastic article Katie where you've listed all the all the points and I'm looking through and my my understanding and and this is not the the case clearly looking at your (laughs) your article because for me penalty points you get 12 and you get a ban yeah so surely the penalty points are you've done something dangerous keep doing it keep being dangerous you're going to be banned and so, so I'm looking, like, Giovinazzi, for example, he got one penalty point for failing to slow under the safety car during a race. That's a penalty point because it's dangerous. That totally makes sense to me. Lance Stroll got a penalty penalty point for leaving the track and gaining a lasting advantage for passing Gasly. For me, that's not dangerous. That's not danger. Yeah. That's not danger. But then Stroll gets one for two for causing a collision with Norris during the race. I get that. That's fine because he's <laughs> caused a crash. Um... I don't, I, They it literally just seems to be like they're making up these
0: penalty the one, points as the they go along. I don't understand. Are you trying to I say that Michael don't... Massey isn't completely in control and <laughs> those? Is that exactly what you're doing?
1: <laughs> the one that I don't like was um, the Spanish Grand Prix this year, where Pierre Gasly got a penalty point for being out of position at the start of the race, just by a little margin. He got a penalty point for that.
2: How's that yeah. dangerous? Yeah, it's How's not that dangerous? dangerous. But you could argue, I mean, look, I know we've seen moves like that before. I, I think even Lando did a very sketchy one in, was it Spain on Carlos Sainz and he got yeah. a black and white flag. That's the kind of thing I'm like, okay, fair enough. Give him a penalty point because it's kind of like, don't do that again. Hmm. You've got a warning now because you're basically on your way to a race ban, and you're like, don't do that. But giving like, yeah, Nicholas Latifi stay out, stay out, stay out, stay out, stays out. And then they give him three <laughs> penalty points, which is, a quarter of the way to a race ban. That's not even his and, fault, and it's not well, even it's his your, fault. It's
0: your license, and the team are messing up. Like there should be a team fine or something, not a penalty team, point in mind. Team opinion.
1: penalty points
0: because yes, Mazepin, yeah. I'm looking at Mazepin's one. Like he's got one
2: for impeding Lando Norris during qualifying. That's not a penalty point worthy, but him. Yeah,
0: that's lost, less dangerous. That's, but... Yeah,
2: it should be for dangerous driving. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't see. Agree. I don't see why it's the way it is.
0: Uh, Melina but, Raptaki in the chats just clarified and something I didn't actually clarify about Lando getting the penalty not for speeding up under the red flags it was for not pitting um, but of course I guess speeding doesn't exactly help his case uh, for... yeah I think
2: that's where he made a big mistake really yeah. I think that's probably where they had a dim view of it because it was like or, don't yes, do that
0: but clearly they're, they're just not taking any sort of mistakes or whatever they just go right you didn't pit penalty points so yeah Okay, then away from the hash drama, let's talk about Sebastian Vettel, Mr. P2. What a drive. I mean, I haven't been probably the nicest about his performances so far in Aston Martin. And I'll be the first person to say that he's proven me wrong in the sense of a great performance. You know, P2, his pace was great. He went long, didn't he, in the first stint and was kind of on the, the pace of the leaders, which was uh, surprising. And then he, I think he picked to P7 and was looking like he was going to score pretty good points anyway before the chaos and then obviously everything happened and he, he was the only one wasn't he with the uh, the fresh set of soft tires yeah. and just absolutely made it work in the last couple of laps of course hamilton making that mistake i almost thought for a second he could win sebastian vettel could have won that race oh, signed extreme
2: perez on the on the line or something oh, literally man. like with have those soft time.
0: tires i was like Maybe. You're telling me there's a chance. Well, that's
2: (laughs) what amazed me most. You know, Qualifying 11th, you think he's not going to be anywhere, but he genuinely had really good pace, even.
0: And that strategy saved his race as well, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, not saved, but helped him to run in clean air, overcut a lot of people, and he got right in the mix.
2: We said in the watch along when he was, obviously, he was very
0: (laughs) angry, wasn't he, about finishing 11th,
2: and we're like, Seb, calm down. You you get to choose your own tyres. And it worked a treat because he he's was the only one that was like, well, I'm strong. Um, I'm going to do something different here. I can start on whatever ties I want go along into the race. And he executed it absolutely perfectly. I mean, it's second race in a row. He's done this amazing undercut strategy. And like you say, even without the safety car, obviously P two is, uh, flattering because of the fact that, um, Stappen and, uh, Hamilton went out, but even without that, he was genuinely brilliant and would have I mean even if he'd come fourth or whatever he'd just been like that is an unbelievable drive to get that Aston Martin into to fourth place it was such a good performance
1: it's been like amazing to see Aston Martin and Sebastian Vettel both working so well together obviously we got off to a bit of a bumpy ride at the start of the season 15th then followed by 15th and then 2 13th, Place finishes, but then Monaco fifth, which obviously earned him driver of the day, and then second in Azerbaijan. And although you know, it's very easy to be like, Oh, well, this is the old Sebastian Vettel, we know he's going to go on and win the world championship next year, blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> like, I don't think that's going to happen. Him I saying think
0: that's quite a few Sebastian those, Vettel yeah, fans. Oh dear.
2: <laughs> when Lawrence Stroll was there on launch day, like, we are Aston Martin, we will. We will win. <laughs> take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think people are like, "Oh, wow, that's Martin It's going to be amazing." And then, oh, yeah, that's when I wasn't thing. so
0: uh so positive when it was the two fifteenths, two thirteens. And to be fair, he wasn't performing very well. Didn't he pick up like six penalty points or eight? What's that? Whatever, five in Bahrain. Five, that was it. Five yeah. in
2: Bahrain. Yeah, five I mean, he couldn't Bahrain have had a,
0: a worse a start. No, he turned it around.
2: Yeah, turned it around. So fair play to him. Yeah,
0: Ben Prague is Vettel back to the old Vettel again. I think it's too early to say that because we've had two very differing races. Monaco of course is Monaco and you get track position. It was a great strategy from the team as well. And it was a great performance from Vettel in terms of pace. Same with Baku, you know, he had great pace. He was, you know, Stroll obviously crashed out, but Lance was having an okay race considering he was start from the back. Um, as, I think for me, the, the comparison is, you know, as long as he's beating Lance reasonably, you know, easily, then I think Vettel was, we can say that he's back to his old self. If he's getting beaten by Lance, that's when you kind of have to question it a little bit.
2: Yeah. The the last two races, one of the, I guess those races where, you know, he's, his experience has come through and is able to execute two strategies that essentially got him two fantastic results. So it's, it's too early to say, oh yes, he's, four-time world champion Red Bull dominating every single race. <laughs> um, and even, you know, even if he was that good, he's not going to be able to do that in an Aston Martin because the car's not there. Um, but it's a massive confidence boost and a much-needed one after, like we say, about the start, you know, when he punted Ocon on, got loads of penalty points, we're thinking, surely this can't happen again. Like, where, where's Seb? Like, what's, what's happening? Mm. And then two absolutely brilliant results and hopefully... Um, yeah, the start of a bit of yeah confidence boost and like building back up, and it's only gonna you know hope would get would get better, and it's like a it's it's gonna be good for Vettel to when you get the rule change, you'd hope that Aston Martin, especially with all the money that Lawrence Stroll's pumping in, are going to be a good team. So you know if he gets his <laughs> head in the game now and <laughs> sorted and is delivering a lot better, then totally makes sense to uh, th- then he's gonna you know be good in twenty twenty two.
1: I think well the whole Baku podium in general but specifically having Seb on the podium is going to be one of my 2021 highlights of F1 I just think that was such a nice story Um, but I don't want to rain on his parade or rain on the Seb parade because like we said he's had two really good results but it's keeping that consistency going because it would be a great shame if we had these two amazing results and then it just goes back to being like no point scoring and all like that kind of stuff. So fingers crossed that he can keep it going and that there's more podiums down the line, but like we've said, that midfield is very close and it's going to be quite the challenge, but hopefully if this old vessel is back, he can do so.
0: Yeah, he'll need some chaos. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not as if Aston yeah. are the uh, second fastest team or whatever. They'll need some uh, crazy races. But I think that's the beauty of the midfield. You know, you've got Aston coming strong now. You've got Alpha Tauri starting to get in the mix as well. Even Sonoda uh, has got a few people back on his uh, on his uh, hope <laughs> train now. Um, yeah, and then, of course them. you've got McLaren and Ferrari <laughs> as well. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Formula One point five. I think it's more like Formula One point two five i feel like they're a little bit closer uh, than they ever than they have been before and uh, that just hinders the the front runner strategies as well so it's really interesting to see uh, how that all unfolds right abcdf one time play the jingle
2: now it's time for ABCDF. ABCDF. I'm,
0: gonna get, I'm, gonna the chat, I'm gonna get the chat open.
2: Yeah, oh it's yeah. gonna be
0: gonna lit go i'm going to have yeah. early
2: pun intended
0: Oh, we are going ham early. Well done, Tommy. Nice. Okay, so ABCDF1 time. Let's start. Well, actually, before that, if you want to vote, WTF1.com, after the race, you can vote. Give us your opinions because we've had far too many. You don't have a clue. You don't watch Formula One. You don't understand the sport. Well, make your own votes and let's see, you know, because then it's a general consensus and we know if we're really off the mark or not. Right. Lewis <laughs> yeah. Lewis Hamilton. Well, I, it was it was a good performance up until he turned off his brakes, uh, in my opinion. But that turning off the brakes is quite a quite a big, big, a big mistake, mm-hmm. and he literally finished sixteenth. So it's going to be a D from me.
2: Yeah, me I've I had I well, I was going with the same as Leclerc last week, an E, just because it's a massive mistake that cost him big.
1: I'm going to go D because I feel like. The mistake that Leclerc made was like he literally crashed his car into a barrier, whereas this is just more of an accidental flick of a switch. <laughs> but Hamilton
2: had an escape road. <laughs> that is but a Le good Cl- point. <laughs> I just Leclerc
0: overdrove, and I'll be the first to say that. He overdrove. He was attacking too much. Hamilton just whoops a daisy, you know, mm. and yeah. you know, it happens to the best of us. Toodaloo,
2: Toodaloo as right. the uh, Dutch commentator <laughs> said. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> but yeah
1: I think I'm going to go with a D because it was a pre- like well he ruined any chance of a victory or decent points by that mistake um, but up until that point he did do a good job because Mercedes just didn't look very strong this weekend which is a very weird thing to say in Baku but yeah
0: I know we all came into it thinking mm. Mercedes were going to be 1 2, and look how stupid we look. How is your prediction? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to even go into those. Um, okay, so D from us. Hamilton gets a C from the fans. Fan boys. Um, Valtteri Bottas, E. F. Uh, no, F, F. You're, you're crashing in and up, you're upside down, fam. Come on. <laughs> really? Yeah, he finished not- just—he finished I, I, I,
2: behind two Alfa Romeos in a Mercedes.
0: Yeah, I know, and that's an, an, an E face. is a horrendous grade, Tommy. F is when you've forgotten how to drive.
2: I'm still saying
0: F because he literally right. forgot how to drive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm just trying to spare some sort—you know—trying to give him some good yeah. press. Give him an yeah. E. Uh, I'm
1: loving it. Just let Tommy go, on, go off on one, it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna also go with an E.
0: Thank um, you. Also... <laughs> Tommy, you, you grumpy old git. Sorry, Katie, Karen. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say that yes, it was a shocker, don't get me wrong. Um, but there are also some components like Hamilton having the better rear wing and all that kind of stuff that might have affected things, so I won't go F. But yeah, E. I mean, e, you still don't want to get
0: an E. But no, you don't. True. You don't want to get an E. E's not good about any stretch. Uh, there's a lot of E's and F's in the chat, yeah, uh, yeah. and the overall the rating chat. from the fans was an F as well. So uh, there so you go. I oh, uh, just... am <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> um, Max Verstappen. Then uh, I'm gonna go with an A.
2: This is tricky, right? Yeah. Star. And I kind of have to skip on to the next one here. I'm just just because for, for justification. He deserves the same grade as Perez for me. Yeah. And and people are gonna be like, oh well, you have to give Perez an A star. Then it's like, well, you have to give the Verstappen an A star because he yeah. literally would have beaten him. So for me, it's either both A's for Verstappen and Perez are both A stars, and I can't decide which.
0: Okay, well, I've gone for A star whilst Tom is mulling over it and had all the time in the world to mull over it in the last hour of this podcast. Katie, what's I'm your, go what's A. your
2: thoughts? A, A for both?
0: A! Mm. Just, oh, you really are grumpy today, aren't you, Tom? Oh, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go um, A star for both with the same. Um, and me and Katie are being great. all positive yeah. and We're low, like, right? yes, yeah, spread We've love, won a great happiness. Above every
0: single one. <laughs> like <the Tommy> has. <laughs> okay, so Verstappen gets an A-star and Perez gets an A-star. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Cool. Um Lando Norris, he had a bit of a shocking start. Had uh, obviously that three-place penalty after not coming into the pits and during the red flag. Had a bit of a shocker. Finished P5, which was a pretty good comeback. He was quite happy. I think it's a B.
2: Thought, I thought you were going to say A then, and I had to be like, B. And you're like, oh, you're so grumpy. Uh, yeah, i have gone for B as well, because it, in my opinion, it was a, a bit of a mistake. He could have he could have had another podium there, if, if not for the, for the mistake. So, um, But still, you know, a good drive. So, yeah, i have gone for B.
1: Yeah, I think there was a lot more possible from Norris that race had he not had the three-place grid drop, um, which at the end of the day, FIA and the stewards decided that that was his fault. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with B as well, but could have been a much okay. better result.
0: Could have been, yeah. I think he he kind of ruined a bit of a missed opportunity, to be honest, because I think yeah. he felt like he should have been a bit more in the mix there. Daniel Ricardo crashed uh. in. Quality. Um, people were obviously uh, complaining about Perez starting from sixth and us giving us uh, giving him an A star. Thank you, thank you. But he won thinking. the race, so. <laughs> He won the race. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Um Daniel Ricciardo, okay. uh, it was pff, not the best performance from me. Was it ninth in the end for Danny Rick?
2: Yeah. yeah qualified thirteen.
0: I think it's a C. Tommy's going to
2: do See, the thing is, I <laughs> I probably should give him a C, but maybe I'm just expecting too It's just, not, too at, much. It's just yeah. not. It's just not there this year. So I'm like it's one of those things where you know when someone's not improving do you just keep hammering him or do you say okay well actually this is where he is now and it's not as bad as he has been um because if that was the first race of the season we didn't know about his struggles i'd be like d why is he finishing ninth when norris is kind of finishing fifth and way ahead of him um yeah i'll go with the c i'll be i'll be nice
0: wow
1: oh dear Sorry it's a very low I'm going to go for a D for Daniel Alcardo. Whoa. <laughs> I'm the yeah, grumpy I'm one it. now. I'm, My changing, positive it. I'm vibes... changing
0: it back to a D. I think you are, okay. Kind of... <laughs> I just think... Tommy's like, oh, if someone else is going to be grumpy, I will be too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm allowed Woo, to be grumpy now. Okay. Grumpy friends.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, ugh, I just... I don't know with, with Ricardo. Like, if you look at all the people who have switched teams for 2021, science podium. Um, vessel podium. Perez podium Alonso he's not really switched teams but he's new into it but like Alonso's performance this weekend like he out drove that car he did a sensational job and like I'm not normally the one to be dishing out the Alonso praise I think he's a great driver but I think Ocon as I've said this is my 2021 prediction Ocon is the better driver but he you know excellent job from him don't don't start all right
0: (laughs) a better driver
1: yeah but anyway that's not the point of this this mark, but Ricardo just seems to be floundering. He's just not getting it, and I don't know if maybe he just needs a bit more time, or... <laughs>
2: Sorry, I've just read... <laughs> uh...
1: Oh my God, there's a B! What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, you're giving Ricardo from? a B? No. <laughs> a wasp literally just flew in my face. Uh, so the uh, fans grade for Danny Rick was a C. Uh, I went for a C and you pair of bunch, bunch of... Angry, angry, angry F1 loss. fans. Um, gave a D. Uh, Charles Leclerc, he started on pole position, did you know? Wow. Uh, it's that something feels that like I also four forgot. Ago. Uh, it genuinely does. It's crazy to think that Charles I had I had hope that Charles Leclerc was going to win the race. In fact, I was so hopeful that I said I'd buy a banana suit and shout my, my phrase in the middle of London after I'd had a few drinks. Um, regretted that immediately when I woke up the next morning. So I genuinely thought Ferrari may have been able to somehow. <laughs> get the victory but obviously that was pretty quickly squandered wasn't it um it was it's, it's a b it's a b it was probably a bit disappointing, to be honest for him to finish p4 after all of that don't think it deserves an a as much as quali was amazing he had a bit of a you know steady race after that to be honest
2: um i've gone for an a <laughs> A, but I don't know. I know because he should have he should have got Gasly, actually, shouldn't he? Now I'm thinking yeah. about it. Because I thought there's nothing more he could do, but I think a podium was on yeah. if he'd maybe been a bit more aggressive. So yeah, I am I'll go for B. Yeah, I'll go for a B as
1: well.
0: Okay, and the fans gave Leclerc a B. Carlos signs. He went down the escape road, didn't he? At turn number eight. Is it eight? The castle section's yeah, eight, I
2: think. Big big mistake.
0: Which was huge. Um, I think he finished P eight in the end, didn't he? As well. So uh Yes, yeah, a C, I think, for Carlos. Not really that great, but still good recovery to get some points. And yeah, just a- another little error creeping in for Carlos. The one that you know, the man that we've said that has been the probably the bestest season of getting up to speed. But he he has got an error in him. We saw it in Imola. Uh, we see it again in Baku. Yeah, C,
2: C as well. Yeah,
0: kind of costly. Yeah. I reckon
2: he could have got some very good points, but
0: could have indeed. Um, next up. Sebastian Vettel. S. I want to go with a B. <laughs> yeah, B. No, I think, yeah, yeah, I think B. B. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, he should have won the race. Had fresh soft tyres. Yeah.
2: Um... Oh, hang on, we've got eight thousand comments here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, it's an, a resounding A star. In fact, well, I'm assuming you're also going to say A star because if you're not, yeah. then you, you may out. as well lock yeah, your doors. A-star, yeah. Uh, it was, in fact, and the fans, of course, gave well Vettel. Sorry, they gave Leclerc a B. The fans gave signs a C. Not sure if I said that. And Sebastian Vettel, the fans gave an A star. And it was 93% of the votes was an A star and 7% were an A. So no one gave Vettel under an A and 93% an A star, which is the highest ever for for ABCDF1. So I'm actually getting choked up. Right, next up, (laughs) Lance Stroll. Uh, Lance Stroll uh, obviously had that tyre failure, crashed in quali. It's got to be a C. Um, I've gone for a, no, a,
2: maybe a B's too.
0: How are you giving him a B? He crashed in qualy and he was just doing. Yeah, everything.
2: I forgot he started last. He, he was, he was just trying something, wasn't he? Unfortunately, when the safety car came, it was because of him. I don't know <laughs> he needed, but I, he wouldn't have been anywhere near Vettel. So yeah,
0: see. Uh, People in the chat are saying A for Vettel. Chris Murray, Din Cops, George Walker, Phil Nick, A. It's an absolute disgrace. Sorry, carrying on. Uh, Lance Stroll, yeah, See, yeah,
1: I think see, considering his whole weekend. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. And fans gave him a B. That quite, maybe yeah. it was a B. No, uh, Maybe, yes, I don't know. A sympathy B. Um, <laughs> Pierre Gasly finished P3. Um, I'm going to pour... He, he managed to hold off Charles Leclerc. I... Oh, it's like a, I don't know if it's an A star, because <laughs> obviously he was given the podium because Hamilton bottled it. Joking, by the way, Hamilton fans, he didn't bottle it. He just made a mistake.
2: He just made a mistake. Like, because
0: if he would have finished P four, would I give him an A star? Probably not. I'd give him an A.
2: Is I think it's close to an A star personally, but um just okay A star, let's be nice. Just, Gasly have an A star. I've changed I've I've been the one that's flipped during the yeah. podcast. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh a no, star because I think um he almost got pole as well if if Sir Nedra had dropped back and given him a toe and sacrificed his lap, um which would have been pretty wild. So uh for starting fourth and finishing third in Alpha despite let like you say uh yeah, two. Two challenges going out, still pretty damn good result. So I'm gonna, yeah, A star.
1: I am really stuck because I feel like I should give him an A star because he did make it on the podium, but then he would have dropped positions had Verstappen and Hamilton finished. I've
2: changed my mind. I'm going for A because I gave Verstappen an A. (laughs) Oh no! If I then
1: I gave Verstappen an an A star. Yeah, oh, I just got a star. Just be generous.
0: Come on, be nice, Tommy. Yeah, come on. Sp- oh, there was Sp- a bit of happiness coming and out. Love and peace. <laughs> oh, oh for the goodness founder sake. You founded grumpiness more like. <laughs> right, um, so no, you're not grumpy really. You're what
2: laughing. did what did Gasly get from the fans? Sure.
0: A star. Oh, okay. The fans gave Gasly an A star. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda had a better performance uh, this time round. Finished P7. He was actually a little bit raging. That man. Is the angriest person. I mean, we're talking we're joking about Tommy. No wonder Tommy likes him because yeah. they're just a pair of angry people. <laughs> Did you hear his radio after yeah. the rest? Oh, no. best his was- best
2: formula one finish, And he was like, oh,
0: I don't know what I had to do here. Yeah, and he says, like, I don't understand and all this. And I'm like, you may just
2: just let it
1: just, I yeah. didn't like him telling his engineer to shut up I thought that was I know those people are like oh my god he's so sassy I'm like no that's just rude I'm sorry yeah. that's not acceptable
0: yeah I'm not the biggest fan of his team radios either to be honest I feel like it does come across as a little bit if rude that was like some-
1: Mazepin or Raikkonen or someone like that Given that team radio, people will be like, "Oh God, he's so grumpy, he's so rude." Or like Alonso. Oh no, Kimmy could say it's...
0: anything, and yeah, true cherish him. Yeah. That's true.
1: Okay, that was a bad example, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> but I don't know if it's because yuki Like, I think it was in IBR yesterday, and somebody shared that the cute little is it like a Pokemon yeah, thing? I don't the, really the know. With a knife. Kirby, yeah. And yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, look, he's so cute," but he can be really mean. I'm like, "Well, he should just shouldn't be like that, anyway." <laughs> if I was next, on the next phone Next time we someone, interview him, we'll get you involved, Katie. Yeah, I'll pop at him. I'll be like, "Listen here, pal." Sort Let's yourself out, <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear,
0: waving the finger. Okay, so we're gonna give I'm gonna give Sonoda a B.
2: Yeah, B, that's exactly the race he needed to be honest, despite him not being happy with it. Uh, he needed because at, at the end I was like, please don't crash, like <laughs> finish seventh and just take a seventh place and build on it. Um, I know he lost, he's probably fuming because he lost like a couple of places at the end, but yeah, B, I'll
1: go for a B, but. I will keep in the back of the mind, my mind that he did crash in Q3, which is not ideal. So it's a low B.
0: Okay. All right. We'll allow that as I plug my headphones in. got um, also got a B from uh, the fans. So there you go. Mm. Fernando Alonso. Well, he had a bit of a stonker. He kind of came out of nowhere and finished P6. Didn't really see much of it, to be honest. I, I feel like we missed quite a bit of the midfield action, if I'm being brutally honest. Uh, it's an A. Finished P6. Lovely work from Fernando.
2: Almost an A star, but I think mm. I'm going to go A. A. star
0: Right. How many A stars are we going to give out today, Tommy? Can you make your can mind up as star? to, whether, <laughs> going to be whether, it. whether I'm grumpy or not? I just, I just think
2: that Alpine wasn't very good, and yeah. how he made and Ocon's the better to... driver as well, right, Casey? <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. Okay. A. A is A is fair. I think. Awesome at the end.
1: I'm trying to figure out what I gave Esteban on when he finished. Was it 50? I think I did. And An a I mean, triple star. And that was when they looked <laughs> strong. Oh no, when was it? Oh, I can't remember. It was in yeah. Spain,
0: wasn't it? it well. Yeah. Oh no, so,
1: Portamau. yeah.
0: Katie, come on, just give us what you think. What comes to your mind?
1: I would just give Fernando Alonso an A star for that last two laps.
0: Well, it doesn't last matter. We both give him an A. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, there we go. I'll just fill in the sheet.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, Katie. That's um, all right. I need, and the fans I gave like I need an to A, give a him as, as well. Something. Yeah. Um, Ocon. Uh, well, he was. I mean, he didn't finish, did he? So yeah, he
1: didn't. See, he like four laps.
0: Yeah. I've C, got then a C. we'll just give a C. C and move on. Fans gave him a C. Uh Kimi Raikkonen. He was just outside the point. No, he got one point. He got, he got a, a point. point. It was 10th. Uh, so that's a B. Lovely. B for Kimmy, yeah. B for Kimmy, and the fans gave him a B. Giovanazzi finished outside the <laughs> points.
1: I would have given him a B as well, by the way, babe. No, that's no,
0: fine. No, I, I assumed so. It's fine. Sorry, Katie. I thought I thought I heard you say B. Uh, you clearly didn't. Uh Giovinazzi, C. Are you happy with that, Katie? A C? No,
1: I want to give Giovanazzi a B. Do you actually? Yeah, because he came from 20th to 11th, And I think that's pretty. Decent,
2: so I'm gonna give him a B. I'm gonna give
0: him
1: a C because he <laughs> bent it in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, that
0: is true. that's a good point.
1: Yeah. Okay, because he bend it. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll give him a C. I'm just trying to yeah. be a bit. Like hype Gio up because I've seen so many comments of people being like, "You guys are so mean about Giovanazzi." I'm sorry,
0: I will hype Giovanazzi when he actually when he does something Reikunen good. Raikkonen every when single he does
1: something week something good. yeah,
0: <laughs> it's yesterday. true though. I'm not going to just give him a good grade just because. I'm complaining on this,
2: Twitter about
0: him. This bloke, Kimi Raikkonen, he's he's turning up for a race on Sunday and then probably getting blasted on a Monday at a party somewhere. He's he older doesn't than really me. care. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and that's saying something. So like, you know, he's. Genuinely, Kimmy is like just enjoying racing in Formula One, and that's it. He is by nowhere stretch or imagination anywhere near the peak Kimmy Raikkonen. If you can't beat Kimmy in the sort of early stages of your career, you're not getting any hype from me. No, so I
2: agree, and so especially how uh, Kimmy performed against uh, Vettel when he was at Ferrari, Um, and then how someone like Leclerc performed against Vettel. I know you can get a bit, oh, he did this against him, but. You've got to be beating Kimi Raikkonen consistently uh, to yeah. be to be a, a wonder kid and getting getting a a B from me. There you go. <laughs> well, grumpy exactly man, <laughs> that's what he's <laughs> talking
0: for. That's, that's man not, yells
1: at cloud <laughs> on the bucket list.
0: Um, okay, so Jovanat C uh, lovely stuff. Uh, George Russell C C C oh, Williams and God C from the fans. Yeah, I know. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like, what is dropped on? the ball? And Katie's already written C's in four T TFE grade, and that's what we're going to give him a C. <laughs>
2: <get> Williams, <laughs> Williams really dropped the ball because yeah, has uh, leapfrogged them in the championship, and that that could genuinely be the championship decided. What would that thirteenth
0: place? Come yeah, on. no, good. someone's going to Williams, as I've said before. You know, they they work in one condition. There's going to be at least a twelfth somewhere, surely. Maybe, but but what I'm saying is it could be,
2: and the fact that. They make a. They go to a restart in the craziest race of the season, and they need to be getting points. Bearing in mind they both bottled it in uh in Imola as well, and Latifi goes through the pit lane. uh, Sorry, out the pit lane with the worst wedding. That reminded me of when we did our blindfold challenge, and I kept saying (laughs) to you right to mean correct, and you were turning right. It's that kind of thing where you're like out, 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 and he was like out means stay out. What are you saying? Um, and then Russell broke down before the start, which is
0: bad times for Williams. Not ideal. Bad times. Not ideal. Um, so a couple of C's really. I mean, maybe even D's. We should probably give uh, the the Williams guys just purely from a yeah, not great. But anyway, uh, masapin uh, almost beat Mick Schumacher and then almost sent him flying. So I'm going to give him a D. Yeah, D.
1: I think
0: a D is fair. And the fans gave him an F. Shock. And <laughs> Mick Schumacher will give him a C because he beat Yeah, Mazepin. yeah. And he was actually comprehensively beating Mazepin as well until the whole the safety car red flag. How does George
2: Russell in the title now, then?
0: There you go. That's something he can cherish, I'm sure. Cherish. And, he, and he's beaten Hamilton, as has yeah. in the race. Wow. So there you go. Uh, right, predictions for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Let's go through these very quickly because I don't want to really linger on these at all. Mercedes, back to being fastest. No. <laughs> uh, Let's um, think about that one. Well, let me think. How can I... Did they top any practice sessions? <laughs> <laughs>
2: back to being the I fastest. They finished
0: 11th and 16th in one of them. <laughs> yeah, so, that's very true. Did Hamilton top Q, uh, Q1, Q maybe? No. He was P3 in Q3, mode, 3,
1: I think. Oh, in no. FP3? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, uh, so no. And Stroll out-qualifies Vettel. That went well. Uh, that's just my standard thing that I go for. Um, Tommy, your two. Mercedes won two. Nope.
2: And uh, Vettel in the points. A lot of points. So that's two points, surely. No,
0: no that's half a point because you didn't say podium.
1: And so I went well for Ferrari double points finish. So that is a point. Well done. And then that sounded really... <laughs> came, came from the heart, that one.
0: <laughs> and...
1: And uh, Ricardo not in the points again, which I was close, but he got close, some points, but no
0: cigar. Quite, yeah. Fans ninety five Moro, both McLarens to finish in the top six. Nope, Dan Castell, Perez on the podium. Well, yeah, he was on the top step. Well done, Dan and Mark Kerrass ninety seven, a Ferrari out in Q three. No predictions for the French Grand Prix, the snooze Grand Prix. My two are two safety cars, mm-hmm. at least wow. so two or more safety cars. Just vibes. Come on, I need we need something. The French Grand Prix, don't we really? Safety and cars, so yeah, virtual Pretty or normal. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: how are you gonna? Cut
0: well, we'll out? see. We'll see what whichever one. Yeah, gives what happens point. on? <laughs> and uh, Perez at least half a second off Max in quali. Mm. Back, to the,
2: back to the old Perez. Spicy.
0: Uh,
2: I've gone for no DNFs, and both Alpines in Q3.
0: Lovely.
1: Very nice. I've gone for a Lando top five finish. And Alfa Romeo in the points again.
0: Interesting stuff. Andrew underscore Tyrell 8, Hamilton Grand Shalem, which is <laughs> um, what? Fastest in every session, Quali and. No, the whole fastest, fastest lap. And the fastest lap win,
2: but you have to lead every lap. So yeah. that's
0: quite. Okay. Yeah. That's okay, that's interesting. Uh, Aniket P73509728, Alfa <laughs> Tauri double DNF and d celafambi ferrari will be back on the podium somehow i mean you just didn't have to add the somehow there ferrari fans are hurting enough mm. okay then that is wow. Probably that is
1: the yeah. longest podcast. The longest
0: we've ever done. podcast ever. Is anyone, is anyone even in the chat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if people are <laughs> still watching, watching, they are. That we still have our team WTF one members here. Uh, so brilliant to have you guys in the chat as always. Um, and for you guys watching on on our YouTube channel or Spotify or wherever you are, uh, thank you for watching and listening as well. Hashtag WTF one podcast if you want to get involved uh, with more questions uh, as well as us posting on social uh, asking for your questions and give us five stars a thumbs up wherever you are watching or listening. As always, and uh, Tommy, final thoughts. Oh, I totally, you thought I was it's out been, it's been, I was outroing, Oh my word! I get, it's been I so kind of... long, I genuinely
2: forgot about final thoughts, and you've absolutely sold
0: me there. I <laughs> genuinely can't think of anything. My head is empty from that. Katie, <laughs> final thoughts. Tommy, you can think of it whilst Katie's saying something. Katie, final thoughts.
1: Um, final thoughts is just remember how good these past few races have been. When we get to France, and it's a boar fest.
0: Tommy. <laughs> Don't you dare say that. France, (laughs)
1: yeah. One jaw.
0: God, you're useless, aren't you? (laughs) Um, Right. Okay. Thank you to Tommy. Thank you to Katie. Uh, and thank you to you guys uh, watching and listening as well, uh, wherever you are. Uh, make sure to check out our camping at Silverstone experience as well, which is the wtf on Clubhouse, um, which is wtf1.com forward slash clubhouse. Uh, we can camp with us and we've got all sorts of amazing things going on at the British Grand Prix. Uh, so please do check that out. If you fancy coming along, you can pitch your own tent or, uh, or do glamping and uh, until next time. Uh, We'll see you in a couple of weeks For the next Well For the next post-race podcast I'll be in a couple of weeks But we'll do a podcast before then We'll do many podcasts We love podcasts And I think everyone loves podcasts too Thank you Bye Bye Bye